Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar and PV Case. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, Solar Warriors, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Most of you, as I, are walking the halls of the Sands Expo Hall here in Las Vegas. If you are listening to this and are not here, we miss you. Just know that today and all this week, we have been gathered with 30,000 plus of our closest friends, learning what's happening, what's new, what's on the front lines, the trends of the solar industry, so that we can disseminate it all back to you. Each and every morning, we kick it off with our morning show. And each day, we wrap up with our daily roundup. What you're about to hear is a replay of the morning show with Lisa and Pinkerton. And if this is on Thursday, then my friend Lauren Glickman. And the daily roundup with my friend Josh Porter and a whole host of other fun characters. If you're listening and you couldn't make it, we're sorry you couldn't make it, but we're glad that you could make it here. And hopefully through this conversation, you could feel a little bit more like you were, in fact, there. Enjoy as we dive into the morning and roundup shows live from RE Plus 2023, Las Vegas. All right, welcome. Good morning. Welcome into the last day of RE Plus 2023 live in Las Vegas. My name is Nico Johnson. I'm here with my co-host Lauren Glickman. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Nico. The morning show is an opportunity for us to help ease you into the show, ease you into the conference hall. The show doors are now open. If you want to watch us live, as my friend Harry is doing, you can come down to the Power Up Live podcast stage at 21020 on level one. That's the uh, vertically challenged room uh, is the other way of referring to it. That's why I'm down here, obviously. I hope that you guys have had a fantastic, a spectacular show. I want to thank Meyer Burger, our morning show sponsor. They've been with us all three days. Meyer Burger is the manufacturer behind the solar panel technology that many of you are putting on the rooftops around the world. With a global track record of gigawatt scale production, they are coming to the United States in 2024 with manufacturing for modules and cells. What a week it has been, Lauren. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too, Nico. Yeah. It's always fun. It is. It is. We have a few things to cover here, but it always feels like day three is the day that everyone goes cash. I mean, obviously, I'm not in a three-piece green suit. I know. You didn't dress up for me. <laughs> I didn't. You, and, and you have, do you have a day full of meetings? Uh, I do. I have uh, days, uh, meetings and then headed to the airport. Yeah. That's the other, right, is that it feels like the ones that didn't already go to the airport at 6 a.m. are rolling around their, their clothes and their swag bags. Oh, speaking of swag, you brought some cool swag. I did. I found some good stuff this year on the show floor. Very big show floor, so I don't know that I made it to all the corners. Yeah. Um, but I did have to find some cool things. What stood out to you? Um, so the first thing that stood out to me is a protein shaker uh, bottle from Core Power. Core uh, Power have good stickers, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, hydrating is clearly important. My 
personal water bottle was confiscated by the airlines on the way no here. No way. So this replaced that. So I got to be able to hydrate myself and I'll definitely use it afterwards. I would say uh, the best possible time for your water bottle to be confiscated is on the way to RE+. <laughs> There's uh, no chance you're not going to get another one. And then the other thing that I thought was really cool that I've never seen before, uh, I got a wireless speaker from Novato's. Uh, the it, all-terrain trackers. It really uh, bumps, too, and it's got little flashy lights. And it's made with bamboo, so it's a sustainable wireless. And it's small enough that very easy for me to put in my suitcase. That's the other thing, yeah. too. Your swag must tra- must be cool, must travel. Shout out shout out to Yezin. Yezin, save <laughs> me one. I want one. I had. Uh, I want to give the uh, the T-shirt, the subtle T-shirt award of the year. Although I feel fi- fractal. Had one, have had one for the Mandalorian that was really, really amazing. Energy storage. This is what you see that one. This is all black. But my friends over at Solar Grade, CYA, which of course stands for Cover Your Assets. <laughs> Thought that was really clever. Kudos. I feel like that. My favorite hat on the show floor was Solega. Thanks to the Solega folks for flagging me down and smacking this one on my head. I love PV, and so do I love this hat. Lisa Ann, in, 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 in memory of Lisa Ann not being here this morning, I'm going to flash the Technica Communications baggie because I will be putting all kinds of tech in that. She also has the sock award. I usually get swag socks. These are hot. I will be wearing these, Lisa Ann. Thank you. But she had the clear lead on the socks until Ryan Mayfield came down. He has socks with his freaking face on it, okay? The, no, his team did not tell him that they were making socks with his face on it. But he walked around and handed them out. I got to give the I got to give the guy props. And honestly, the thing that I've gotten the most use out of is this Radiant Generation mirror mug. I'm always impressed at how much money people spend on swag because this thing is like forty bucks retail. Well, so speaking of socks, I'm going to plant the seed for a future future sock idea that someone's going to lunge on this, mm. which is that we now have solar grazing happening all across the industry. Really awesome. Yes. And so I'm ready for these sheep to be shorn. And that wool oh, yes. to make socks. Putting it out there. I'm just going to plant that seed. Yeah. Somebody's going to make Someone. Uh, solar grazed sheep socks. Solar sheep wool. wool socks. There solar we go. Wool. Yeah. Coffee, coffee station of the day for me yesterday because as you could probably tell, I nearly lost my voice. But Fluence saved me. Thank you, Fluence, for all the hot water, hot chocolate, and amazing lattes. If next year you think you've got a good coffee, sh- coffee station and you want us to send folks your way... Not that you do, uh, as we did Fluence and Next Tracker. Please let us know. And of course, we will do a major swag roundup after the show. Just keep an eye on the Suncast podcast for that. We have a lot of stuff happening today, despite the fact that it is the third and final, yes, the final day. I know it's sad, but happening right now. If you're out in the uh, in the outside area, what do you call that? The atrium area where the SEPA booth is. There's coffee. With SEPA, it's going on for the next 50 minutes. If you've, if you've not had a chance to meet the wonderful folks over at SEPA, please swing by and take a look and meet them as well. We have a lot of talks still on the show floor. Have you been by the electric drive or the speaker's corner? I have not. No. Well, I've heard that they've been nearly as full as the Power Up Live stage, which is, uh, which is telling of great content being produced over there as well. There's, uh, there's a couple of things that I want to point out. Tribal Clean Energy Technology Symposium. I don't know if you can still get tickets, but those of you that are going uh, are in a select group of folks that are going to be really downloading a lot of knowledge. Please reach out to me if you go to that symposium because we're trying to do a roundup on all the stuff that happens around Tribal Clean Energy 
at the show. 10.30, the DOE LPO funding basics is at the Industry Trends booth. So go check that out if you have wondered how to apply to the DOE. And uh, Startup Showcase over at Innovation Stage. Lauren, we've got uh, a handful of guests today. I think we should kick it off with our friend Megan Nutting. Megan, you want to head up to the stage? Megan is an OG in the industry, of course. We've had Megan on the Suncast podcast, but she also is a good friend to the industry in many, many other ways and head of policy for Sonova. I always love to share the stage with you. Um, There's no one I'd rather be chatting with. Um, We're here today for a little bit of a bittersweet moment. Um, We're here to celebrate a friend and colleague and industry dynamo that unfortunately has left us far, far too soon our very dear friend, Casey Peters. Um, and so I'll get to the end of it quickly, but before I get there, but can you, you tell us just a little bit about Casey and what she's brought to the industry and all of our lives? Yeah, happy to. Casey Peters, um, for those of you that never met her, was a, she was a tiny little dynamo. My favorite hairstyle of her, she had one side of her head shaved and one side not. I met her originally when she wanted to help support women in the solar industry. It was back in 2010, 2011, really early on. And so we worked together and started organizing um, meetups, support for women, an event called Nationwide, where women in solar could find each other and get together and chat. She went on to um, serve on the board of the Illinois Solar Association, the Colorado Solar Association, worked for companies like Sun Edison, and ultimately Pivot, which was sort of her her home and and where she found a a lot of people that were just sort of the perfect fit for her. She had a ton of energy. Last year, she and I closed down, and my husband closed down Solar Fight Night. I mean, the lights were on. They were asking us to leave, and she was still dancing. Um, So she really loved dancing. Um, She ended up getting diagnosed with cancer about four years ago and fought really bravely. She had two pink wigs that she would wear because one wasn't enough um, when she lost her hair. And unfortunately, we lost her about two weeks ago yesterday. Um, And I was fortunate enough to work with Casey through Rise and their leadership forum and planning the event and helping teach people how to network, meet new people, uh, and you know, coming to these events can be a little overwhelming. It's a lot of people. It's a lot more people this year. And Casey's always been my friendly face. Uh, people joked that RE plus SPI was her burning man and high school <laughs> reunion all rolled into one. Uh, and so the thought of being here this year without her, uh, it, it scared me a little bit of what, what would the show be like without my friendly pace, my, my totem to, you know, inspire me to get out there and meet new people. Uh, and so, with that, I reached out to some of the organizations that she's been involved with, some of her dear friends, to create an award so that we could celebrate Casey, uh, not just at this year's show, but at every year's show. Uh, there are some awards that I've been a part of. There's the Rudd Meyer Fellowship for RISE that celebrates Rudd Meyer, who unfortunately also passed before I had a chance to meet her. But through giving out that award, I've told Rudd's story so many times that now almost 20 years since Rudd has left the industry... I'm still celebrating her and still thinking about her every year with the class of fellows that come. And I'm so excited to announce the creation of the Casey Peters Impact Award. So 10 and 20 years from now, people who were not fortunate enough to work with Casey directly are going to celebrate her and we're going to celebrate 
the individuals in the industry that demonstrate her resilience, her commitment, her passion. You know, she's going to live on every year at this conference that she just loved so much. She's going to be here and she's going to, and we're going to continue to connect people in her honor. And so the award, we're going to, there's going to be more information on Pivot's website about the details and the criteria. We are really excited. It's being created with the support of Pivot Energy, the Coalition for Community Solar Access, and the Colorado Solar and Storage Association, um, as well as all of us who just loved and were inspired and impacted by Casey's just amazing energy. So really excited to be announcing that today and really excited next year to be giving out our first award and celebrating those individuals. I'm, I'm really at a loss for words. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you. you for having us here. Yeah. For, you yeah. know, you can, only, you can only do so much until you have a platform. Yeah. So we really appreciate you opening up the Suncast platform to announce this award and create this amazing opportunity Absolutely. going forward. Absolutely. And, and, and thank you, Nico, for being a Southern gentleman and having an actual handkerchief on, <laughs> on hand. Even without his three-piece suit. Even without the three-piece suit. Thank um, you. Yeah, I um, I have admired the way that you have edified her life, and yeah, it's I know this it, it may it may feel heavy, but I can promise you that Casey wouldn't want us to feel heavy. She's gonna be exci- she's excited that this is happening. Yeah, like she's so yeah. she'll be with us forever. She would. So I appreciate you all uh, joining us for that. We have uh, we actually have um, lots more of the show. I wanted to say once again thank you to Megan. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate, I, will, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for yeah, this. Yeah, Casey's memory will live on it because of the actions that we take. Yeah. yeah. So as, uh, as we wrap yet another year of, uh, of education on the show floor, you know, last year everyone was talking the IRA because no one really had their head wrapped around what it even meant or what we could expect out of it. This year, uh, having been a year on, we want to bring our friend Carla Loeb, who is, <laughs> who is just ripe, wiping her eyes now, of course. Uh, also uh, a board, an executive board member for SIA, both she and Megan. Uh, Carla is going to join us up here, but Carla is a government affairs ninja. She has been in government affairs in and around the Beltway for more than a decade, fighting the good fight for the solar industry. And as our elected you're, you're, not, you're a general elected member, right? Uh, elected representative of distributed generation. Right. Elected representative of distributed generation. The best part. But that, but that's why that was, that was voted for, <laughs> voted by the, by the general population or general membership, yes, right? So yeah. every company member or member company of SIA uh, identifies as one of the six divisions. Yeah. By far, the largest division is the distributed generation yeah. division because that includes residential solar, <clears throat> community solar, commercial so we have hundreds of members that um, have honored me for the past four years um, and elected me twice. I actually am termed out. This is my farewell. Uh, swan song. This is my fair farewell. Uh, uh, we, we are about to go through a new election cycle. I am going to run for at large, though. Yeah. Um, is there a train year. tour? Are you going <laughs> to? I mean, Christian Rosalind. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I mean, the truth is, is that being a part of SIA has been kind of one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Yeah. So uh, very honored and privileged to do the work for our industry and with our industry and with amazing colleagues like Megan and Lauren and you, Nico, and, and just want to continue to do that work and serve. Um, and so there's no one better to have up here to talk about the Inflation Reduction Act 
um, one year in. And so they're, you know, last year, as Nico said, we were celebrating. It was a party. We got the thing. And now one year later, can you tell us what type of conversations have been happening at this year's show around this, you know, massive historic climate legislation? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you know, I think my purview is very distinct and different because I, you know, a lot of people had a lot of meetings over the past few days, you know, transaction meetings. And my meetings are foundational meetings. They are meetings about, you know, what the guidance is going to look like for the individual provisions of the Inflation Reduction Act. How do we work in partnership and in tandem with Treasury, Department of Energy, EPA, labor, et cetera, to actually um, win the win? Like, we need to make sure that there's guidance that's easy to understand, easy to execute on and implement. And so um, the big things that, you know, we are still talking about are things that still have a little bit of ambiguity around, particularly domestic content has been a big one. And so, um, you know, those conversations have continued with manufacturers, developers, et cetera, about how we can work with Treasury to really bring that provision home so that people can leverage it. Um, You know, I sit in the DG space, like I said. So, you know, we're talking about the low income credit. We're talking about uh, the greenhouse gas grant funds um, through the Environmental Protection Agency that are going to be distributed and the loan um, competencies. And, you know, frankly, like all of the provisions that were captured in the IRA have uh, just like had a massive multiplier effect. You know, it, it wouldn't be a conversation um, of what the impacts are going to be if we didn't mention Jigger Shaw and <laughs> Megan Nutting and their, uh, the partnership with Sonova um, with, to being, bring a $4 billion facility to help kind of um, make Puerto Rico a sustainable and grid-hardened environment. And that is all being enabled mm. through the dollars, monies, provisions that were captured in the Inflation Reduction Act. And so I think about domestic content. I think about the loan program competencies. I think about virtual power plants. Um, I think about the labor provisions. We had an event with SIA that was co-hosted by Layuna, the union. And, you know, who would have thought like a year ago, let alone five years ago, that industry would be standing arm in arm um, hand in hand with our with the various brotherhoods and sisterhoods that exist around the country. Mm-hmm. So. You know, one of the things that stands out uh, this year for me of all the things that I've seen the Department of Energy push forward as a component of the Inflation Reduction Act um, is the community and in particular the low, to, low to moderate income community initiatives yep. led by your good friend Nicole Steele. What updates would uh, would you be able to share on the progress of that? I know that you all have had several meetings in the, in the, in the last week. Yeah, I mean, I've I just got to say, like, DEI and the provisions that were captured in the Inflation Reduction Act are going to be absolutely transformational for yeah. for folks that have been left behind as a, a native Louisianian, recovering Texan, <laughs> and Washingtonian on the east side of town. Like, I know firsthand, like... I, I've seen every day of my life people yeah. left behind and the the monies that are going to be injected into our, our communities, our, our lower income communities, disadvantaged community, frontline communities, um, and our rural communities is just wild. Mm-hmm. The, the low income credit itself, guidance came out uh, late August. 
Um, we are waiting for them to announce when the application for the 1.8 gigawatt annual allocation is available. But, you know, people are excited. I mean, they we've been waiting for a year to mm-hmm. kind of get the guidance <laughs> to actually be able to leverage those resources and support um, the folks that have been left behind. Yeah. And so that's really exciting. Greenhouse Gas Grant Fund uh, also made their announcements that they had $38 billion wow. worth of letters of intent for only $7 billion of resources. Amazing. I mean, and, and they're only going to do 60 grants. So it's like... <clears throat> Uh, they had to like recalibrate everything. Mm. Applications from the states, munis, and groups were yeah. due were supposed to be due at the end of September. That's now been extended um, to October twelfth, and so I'm really excited about the work that I'm going to get to do with city, states, and and the agencies to to help get these dollars into the people that need need it. And so, just one final question, because yep. I wouldn't be uh, an advocate if I didn't ask this. Yep. So the show ends. People yep. go home. Um, what do we need everyone who's attending RE Plus this year to go back and do within their companies to ensure the success of the Inflation Reduction Act? I think we really need to drive home that, like, we we passed some legislation, granted the most transformational climate and energy package in the history of the world, but, like, we haven't won the one, <laughs> the win. We We need to win the win, and the way that we do that is making sure every single employee of every single company understands that it is going to be under threat, and it's going to be under threat for a not insignificant period of time. Um, it has become a political bargaining trip, and we are going to see that um, play out, you know, in Congress, you know, this month and, and the months ahead. So making sure all of your employees, all of your partners, you know, we only have 1,200 members of SIA of the more than 10,000 companies that are just in the kind of solar ecosystem. We need more members. Yeah. We need more support. We need more engagement. We need. We always need more money because advocacy is expensive. Yeah. And and to protect a three hundred and sixty nine billion dollar initial investment, which they're saying is now well over a trillion dollars, um, like the numbers have gone wildly up. We we have to show up like we are an adult. <laughs> party yeah. Yeah. to this process and and spend the money to protect the legislation. So, you know, get involved. I know that people are a little bit anxious about, uh, uh, you know, being political. Let me just tell you, your business is all dependent. They yeah. will not exist. <laughs> they will go away. And I'm pointing at people, even though you can't see that, like, uh-huh. other than the people that are here. Like, it is, it is not an entitlement you have to invest in the people who invest in you. And this is that time. And we need to spend the next probably five years, yeah. you know, just making sure it is cemented into our ecosystem ethos and pathos. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for Thanks. rearranging your schedule to be here <laughs> again. I really appreciate it. And as always a pleasure. Well, I mean, I, I just want to say thank you all so much for having me. Um, I had no idea Megan was going to be here this morning. She is also one of my dear, dear friends. And being here for the Casey uh, announcement is just awesome. So awesome job. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Carla Loeb. Carla, thank you. And Megan and all those who stand in the gap for us at SIA who help make decisions at uh, the highest levels and actually help expand policies that are working to other places that need them. Next, we want to take a look through the lens of uh, a major developer in EPC. We're going to bring up Bart Galinzi, the Senior Vice President of Business Development and Strategy and Markets for Res. 
Bart, good to see you. Good morning. Well, I'll wait for you to get your headset on to, to reply. How many here are familiar with the name Rez? Yeah. Anybody, if, I think anybody who's been in development at all would recognize Rez. If you could pull your mic a little close to your mouth. No, just that. There you go. There you just, just wing it in. There you go. Yep, perfect. That's, perfect. That's perfect. Right on. Good to see you, Bart. Apologies for overdressing. <laughs> but, uh, you didn't get the memo that it's Thursday. Casual yeah, Thursday. that's right. That's right. Well, let's, let's smash this uh, all-time listener record here. There you go. <laughs> well, you, Bart, it's, it's, uh, it's okay because I'm sure at, uh, at AWEA, everyone just dressed in suits all three days, which I bring up because... Most folks probably still recognize or think of Rez as a big wind developer, right? That's definitely the the legacy that exists in a lot of mm-hmm. people's minds. You know, at the end of the day, we're a we're a collection of very passionate, intelligent individuals who have a pretty singular mission to bring you know clean energy to everybody and affordable clean energy. So that manifests in a development business. We have a you know, a massive EPC element to our company, a very large self-perform EPC. Yeah. Uh, that's segmented across renewables and T&D and, and a lot of battery storage, of course. And then the services side of the business is a real game changer for us, right? That's a, again, people aren't probably going to yeah. associate res with, with yes, asset sir. management and O&M, but we're certainly a, a differentiated solutions provider in that respect. Yeah. I mean, yes. How many people on the res team? Globally, I would say there's uh, there's over 2,000 employees. Wow! And um, you know, some may have noticed or read in recent weeks our acquisition of the services side of the Inga team uh-huh. uh, business. And that's global. That's global. That's, that's remarkable. That adds for us another nine markets, so 23 yeah. countries operating in 35 gigawatts under operation, uh, and it brings that employee count up over 4,000. Yeah. So it's a uh, yeah. That must put the, the services team up in the top five globally. Uh, I mean, those of us who understand how big the Inga team uh, service department is just in Mexico alone, that's a, like, it absolutely that's a massive. Does. Yeah, it, it, it probably propels us to the top of that. And again, it's, you know, I'm a business development, you know, focus. Yeah. For me, at the end of the day, it has to be, translate into what solution does that provide for a customer? What itch does that scratch? Yeah. And you know, so we're proud of what that adds to our capability, to, yeah. again, to offer that diversified solution for people. And so for a company of your size coming to a show like this, what were some big things that you sent your team out to, you know, to, to learn about, to, you know, challenges that you maybe wanted to take on? What were you hoping for to, to learn this week at the show? Yeah, I think it was really to get confirmation of, you know, again, our business the de- how we design our business is ultimately rooted in how well we understand the client problem, right? The challenges yeah. our clients are facing. That's what, that's what drives the design of our business. So coming here, we want to make sure, yeah, do we understand the headaches that they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. What's keeping a developer up at night? Yeah. What are the owners struggling with when it comes to delivering a project? And so I would say, at least in, in my experience here, you know, other than spending hours waiting in Uber lines and, uh, you know, wondering who isn't at this conference, um, you know, it was really more confirmation than revelation, okay. I would say, right? It's all the same discussion points that are coming up, but there's an exclamation mark on mm. it, right? We've got the IRA looking for clarification on that, how that manifests in people's ability to make good decisions around their, their assets. And, you know, we're living the labor challenge on yeah. a day-to-day basis. Uh, so it's uh, really underscoring those, those kind of consistent themes, I think. 
I was curious about uh, a couple of things. One, I'm curious if there's a through line that you see as like a core problem that your customers, the owner operators of these plants are experiencing from the, from the perspective of an EPC. There is. I think that, you know, everybody understands that time is money. Uh, development has its special sets of challenges, transmission constraints. You know, that's a long game. When it comes to getting your assets actually into the market, that's where, you know, uh, the rubber starts to meet the road. And that's the, the pain a lot of people are living. And so we're laser focused on making sure that we look at how do we solve that problem for clients. So engage early, get ahead of those issues, work collaboratively. You know, there's, there's some commoditization that's happening, I think, in, mm-hmm. in, in this space. But there's still a lot of custom elements to this. It's a maturing market still, right? So uh, an ability to go in and make sure that we're de-risking a project before people are in the field trying to turn it on. Yeah. You, you mentioned labor a minute ago. And one of the most exciting parts of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act is the incentive applied towards apprenticeships and building out skilled labor that is credentialed. It's something that our industry has really struggled to wrap our hands around. How do you see that? Ta- I mean, as a major EPC, this has got to be a portion of your strategy. I'm curious the pers- your perspective on it. And could you, if you have the numbers, and I know I'm putting you on the spot for this, like what, what does the apprenticeship program add in terms of bottom, like bottom line value for owners and investors? Because there's a major incentive if you can pull it, if you can pull it in. Yeah, the, you know, we've got familiarity with the, the apprenticeship concept mm-hmm. and building those programs through our high voltage construction business right. for years. Yeah. So that, that aspect of it is not necessarily new to us. It's making sure we understand what are the regional nuances, mm. what are the new kind of requirements that come in that are going to shape how we build those programs. Uh, it puts a fine point on the labor shortage, right. you know, uh, and so for us, it's, yeah, there's teams of folks within our business that are spending all of their time making sure that we are well set up to, to do that. And for an owner, you know, I'm going to presume that the value is, you know, we want to be, you know, res is our tagline is power for good. We don't want to just turn plants on and, and, and that's the end of it. We want to have lasting, valuable impact on communities. And that yeah. means building the skilled labor force. Those people get trained and, and continue to contribute. So um, that's a bit of a non-answer possibly. I didn't give you any hard numbers. <laughs> that's, but. that's okay. I, I don't know the numbers myself, but I do know that um, the conversations I, were, I was having with some investors, are they're looking at opportunities to invest in projects with apprenticeships because it adds so much to the bottom line, to the, to the hard ROI. Um, it, but I'm, I'm sure there are folks that, that could give a more detailed answer. I'll put you on the spot for that. Sure. Yeah. I, last, I guess my, my last question here as we wrap, I'm curious as you go back and, uh, and sync back up with your team from the, from the perspective of an EPC, what do you hope that your team, I think you brought, you guys brought 20 or 30 people. What do you hope that they are taking away? How do you, how do you mobilize everyone after an event like this? Yeah, it, it, again, it's just coming back to what is a singular focus for us on a day-to-day basis, and that's making sure that we are asking the right questions every time of our clients. So we make sure we do we truly understand the problem that they're dealing with and that we're trying to solve. And then everything we do should be in service to that goal. And so a lot of the work we're doing, we measure our success by our client's success. Yeah. What, what we find as a win is doing repeat work, mm-hmm. right? So that's our goal. Um, 
this conference is massive. <laughs> We're all experiencing it. You, po- you can't possibly touch everything. Um, but it's making sure that we're building long-lasting relationships with with clients that want to come back and do work for us. Yeah. So, Bart, thank you for taking the time to join us on stage. Bart is the Senior Vice President Appreciate of it. Strategy at Res, Senior Vice President of Business Development and Strategy. We have one more, one more segment really quickly. We want to bring our friend Brian Patterson up to talk a bit about a, an event, or a, it's a spectacle at this point, that uh, really adds a ton of value in uh, every year at RE+, and that is the microgrid, the microgrid stage. Emerge Alliance has been managing the microgrid stage for, uh, well, in creating it for the last, what, nine years, Brian? Nine years. This is our ninth year being uh, formerly at uh, Solar Power International, now RE+. And each year we've tried to collectively, uh, with the uh, help of our membership, show the industry uh, a bit of a glimpse of the future, if you will. Um, We started talking about microgrids before most people knew what that meant, you know. Um, And, of course, the term microgrid for many people still can be very confusing. Yeah. But uh, the whole notion was to have an ability to supply particularly clean and renewable uh, power uh, to homes and buildings and communities and so on. Uh, And microgrids are starting to play a major role there. The analogy actually uh, is to what happened with information in the inter- internet, yeah. and that is you start out with a personal device, and the personal device that really revolutionized the information industry was the personal computer. And from the personal, and if you think of a power system, maybe it's a solar battery system that's uh, put on a home, for example, as a personal power uh, system, like a personal computer was to information. Um, that's the beginning. Now, we really didn't realize when we started out with personal computers and such that it would evolve into this enormous capability, which is now almost flip-flop the whole information industry uh, to where most information is now created at the fringe of the information right. network, mm-hmm. not at some core. Um, so that's what's happening in the power industry. Uh, so we're starting again at the beginning. We now call that sort of the nano grid. Yeah. It's the smallest complete entity that can island from uh, all the rest of the network. I'll call that a power and, um, and perform, uh, you know, the, the uh, provision of power sure and safe to, uh, to the enterprise. But now we're focusing on connectivity between nano grids, between if you were my neighbor and we both have systems, we want to be able to at times share you may need more power than you can produce, and I may be on, away on vacation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So we're creating the equivalent to the internet of local area networks. Right. Um, so we call those neighborhood uh, microgrids, not yet community microgrids, because uh-huh. there's more in a community than just a cluster of homes. Um, but for example, and there was some mention about the LMI uh, communities, um, one of the challenges in doing that, because a lot of people know they're saying, wow, you're adding a lot more cost to the infrastructure and so on. How do you do that and still uh, make, give equitable access to this, uh, these technologies to the LMI community and so on? And the answer is when you do collectively do these things mm-hmm. in, in these networks, the cost uh, per unit, I'll call it, comes down, not goes up. Yeah. So um, it's been well established in, through the internet and its experience with information that as you build the network out, it actually reduces the cost per individual uh, of sharing information, for example. 
tips. That's why we have like free data now and all kinds of things. So I know we're running a little long, so I'm going to steal our last question for you. So I think I've had the pleasure of being here for the nine years that you guys have. And I've seen your exhibition at this show just grow and innovate every year. I remember being when Austin Powers came and unplugged (laughs) the microgrid to make it self-sustaining. And so I know this year you pushed the envelope a little bit further. So for people who might be listening, can you give us a little tease about what's going on at the microgrid pavilion this year and why they should sneak over there before they head out of town? where to find it. Yeah, and where to find it. it, It's right upstairs. um, And you you go up the escalators up here and and towards the back of the middle of the uh, uh, second floor, you'll see the Grid Edge Theater. Um, so in the theater, we do make presentations, uh, give uh, companies opportunities to make presentations on new technology that's evolving. But the specific things that we're doing this year is uh, highlighting a couple things. One is the new what we call killer apps for the power industry. The killer apps are EV charging. Okay, that's going to place a tremendous new demand as a new load, if you will. It's a good load in the sense that we're diminishing the fossil fuel side, but it puts a great demand on the electrical side. So that's one thing we're focusing on. We're showing people how microgrids uh, uh, work into that solution set. The other one is electric heat pumps and generally electric uh, heating and ventilation systems, as opposed to, again, fossil fuel uh, systems. And so we're demonstrating that again. And how do you, that's a, that's a tremendous load. You know, when first started out buildings, it used to be you focus on lighting and reducing. We got that with the LEDs. We came down and all of a sudden what pops up, you know, EV charging and, yeah. <laughs> and heat pumps. So we're showing how uh, the microgrid uh, can assist because all, the, all that new load is at the grid edge. And it's becoming more and more difficult for central power plants to really provide the kind of services that are needed, these new services at the grid edge. <laughs> Um, the other thing is this whole notion of connectivity between, uh, I, there's an expression, it's not mine, so, but I'll, I'll steal it without footnote because I don't know where it started. But it's if you've seen one microgrid, you've, you've seen only seen one, one microgrid. <laughs> and it's like if you've seen a personal computer, you haven't seen the internet. Okay, yeah. that's a, a different way of saying it. So what we are demonstrating up there is the future of what we call the grid of grids. And the grid of grids is an integration of not only microgrid to microgrid and, or nanogrid to microgrid uh, and between microgrids, but the microgrid infrastructure to the traditional grid. Um, we can ill afford to completely dismiss the traditional grid because we need so much power. Yeah. You know, and we have to clean things up and do things a little bit differently there, but, but we want to do that in concert or consistent with this connectivity. Well, Brian, we're, we're going to have to bring it to a close today. Sure. I, I've had you on the show, and I know that you can speak at depth and, and length about the, all the, the, the wonders of microgrids. I would encourage folks to check out the nano, the nano grid, the neighborhood grid, and the microgrid in the grid edge stage, how everything is, in fact, self-contained and self-powered. And uh, where can I they think find we're out the more? O- we're the only space, I think, in the whole show where we're actually powering and we're off grid. We're not taking. That's what I was going to say. So if you have not seen one microgrid, <laughs> head upstairs and you can see your first one because I heard the rumor also. Yeah. Is, and you're being powered by hydrogen this year. We have so, in- included hydrogen this year, so, so that's really you know, cool. Fantastic. So go upstairs, see yep. your first microgrid. It doesn't necessarily mean you're now going to be an expert on microgrids, 
but it is a very cool and important technology. Thank well, you. Thank you very much. Well, we still have a full lineup as we wrap the day today. We've got a few more folks that are going to come up and uh, do some amazing, have some amazing conversations. Live podcasts from the Power Up Live podcast stage presented by KeyBank Capital Markets. I am Nico Johnson, joined by Lauren, Lauren Glickman. I, my wonderful co-host this morning for our morning show, which is presented by Meyer Berger. Thank you for joining us for the, mor- for the morning show. And everyone be safe as you head home if you aren't sticking around for the rest of the day. Well, the Daily Roundup sure is a lot of fun if you're still listening. And it is still the week of RE+. Don't forget, come by and see us at the Power Up Live stage, level one. With 21020. Bring by your swag. Join the swag contest. It's not too late unless the show's already over. You know how much I love swag. You know what else I love are the folks over at SunGrow. Up on level two, they've got a wonderful booth, booth 2530, where they're exhibiting a few of their newest products the Power Titan 2.0 energy storage system, their SG200HX inverter, and their most powerful string inverter, the SG350HX. This and all of their ROI and efficiency improving and safety ensuring products are on exhibit in their flagship booth at 2530 on level two of the Sands Expo Hall. Go visit them and come down and see us as well on level one at 21020, the Power Up Live podcast stage. And remember, if you are listening remote, you can watch live at suncast.live. That's suncast.live, live streaming all day throughout the show. All right, here's the Daily Roundup. We are live for the last time at RE Plus 2023 at the Power Up Live podcast stage presented by KeyBank Capital Markets. Thank you so much, KeyBank, for supporting and helping make this possible. As well, we want to thank our supporting sponsors, Fluence and SMA, our morning show and roundup sponsors. We have so many folks that have helped support Modern Energy, Meyer, Install, Omnidian, Res, SMA, SolReads, and our contributing sponsors who help bring amazing content to the Power Up Live stage from Beta, Burns McDonald, EDP, to Lux Power, Next Tracker, Origis, Pinegate, Solus, TerraPro, Torxil, and Utility API. We've been live podcasting from this stage for the last two and a half days. And the content has all been live streamed to suncast.live. So if you've missed anything, and if you're watching us right now on the Jumbotron out in the, in the foyer, thank you for going and checking out suncast.live where you can see all of the content that we recorded throughout the week live on the podcast stage. I want to also say thanks to our daily roundup sponsor once again, which is Modern Energy. Modern Energy invests development equity in early stage developers and provides operational services to accelerate growth. It's the last day, boys. Welcome to the roundup. Great to, great to be here. Here we are again. <laughs> we got Jason. I got, I, got a, I got right off the bat, I got to give a great shout out to Nico. He's been busting his butt. You can hear it in his voice. Yeah. <laughs> He's been doing this the entire I time. Have. And I have tremendous respect for that. Good, good to have you back, Jason Veercart. I think it's Appreciate been since it. 2019 since you were at the podcast stage, right? Seriously? Did you join yeah. last year? For the know, final I, one? Maybe. I know. We, nah, I slip in there every once in a while, feel, you know. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of course, we've got Nate Giovanelli, who just did the last of our industry pulse. How did the Nate, how did the, uh, the Nate show 
the industry pulse go this this week? I thought it was great. It's always to get interesting to get perspectives of different people, and especially if they're focused in other areas of the industry because it's such a big industry, right? And you know, my pr- primary focus is in residential, so to yep. hear the people talk about what they're seeing in utility scale and CNI, I just it's really good to get that flavor. Uh, yeah. that's, that's what I really enjoyed about it. Well, we're going to do a bit of a, of a swag roundup here, and we're going to talk some about our roundup, uh, roundup of ideas, things that we learned, things that caught our attention or caught us by surprise. But I also want to say thanks to Lux Power. Lux Power is the all-in-one energy solution provider. They were at booth 5521, and they have an advanced hybrid, off-grid, three-phase, and DC retrofit solution. You can experience sun power every day with Lux Power. Hopefully you guys had a chance to go visit Lux Power. And if you didn't, we have a link to Lux Power on the suncast.live site as one of our supporting sponsors. Please check them out. Speaking of checking out, did you guys find any swag that was like your particular favorite? We did this swag roundup. So I want to kind of go around. I'm I'm curious to hear what you guys liked. Uh, okay, I'll just, you just say it. I didn't, I didn't personally it. find this. This came from a great friend, Brad Albert, also a Maui guy. Uh, there's a, a, a bag of mints or a little tin of mints. Tin of mints. And it said on it, do you have a picture of it? I thought it you said on it, curtailments. Uh, and that is from a solar geek perspective about so, as choice so as geek. it gets. Yeah, we also died laughing. And we were like, oh, it's too much. <laughs> so, and for, you know, just to be clear, it shouldn't be an inside joke. I, curtailments, yeah, I we're talking about on this, but it is. the energy from a solar system that? that gets, you know, curtailed or eliminated. Uh, I suppose Basically the noun lost, is a curtailment. Lost is the easy word to use. Lost, like, we, it, could have, it could have been energy and it isn't. We use curtail a lot of times. <laughs> you like big words. But, I love it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> curtailments. I tried to hold it up so Gabe could zoom in on it, but I don't think that, could, that we can get that. No, get that I guarantee it's in. all over social. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of fun swag. I think one of the things that uh, I've, been told, I've been told that the best swag that has been dropped off at the booth is none other than... Hawaiian host. Oh yeah, those are for we got to bring them from Maui. We stuck up from uh, from Maui. Bring them out. Love it. So we'll be we'll be down. We'll be we'll be in Maui on the uh, island Max in uh, in just a few minutes when we finish up here. Good enough. Un- unofficially sponsored by Angry Orchard. Oh, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> around specifically. <laughs> Nate, what about you? Did you find anything that stuck out? I didn't get as much time to walk around the the floor as I would have liked this year, but mm. I did get a sweet pair of these Nikes, compliments of Paykeeper. You did not. You got some of those? Yeah, they say nice. Paykeeper on the back. Paykeepers, yes. uh, the Paykeeper Nikes. Yeah, they're they're awesome. I think they were the talk of the show, man. Yeah. I was like, they're, they're cool. They're giving sh- the shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we did. Uh, People we, are really up in their game this year. Yeah, we hosted a happy <laughs> hour with them uh, for one uh, uh, with Enterflow and, and Paykeeper, and uh, it's just a great concept product right. i think we talked about actually at the end of this i'll give them a little plug since they gave me yeah, some ideas but uh we talked about just at the the very last industry polls how we've seen an uptick in cash deals for residential right. solar and it's just a simple escrow account mm-hmm. that you can do so it protects both the installer and the customer so uh the installer oh. knows they're going to get paid and the customer knows that the installer is not going to walk away with their money oh, so yeah. sometimes the best ideas are the simplest ones and uh I really appreciate the shoes, so... Yeah, there, thanks, Paykeeper, the- for the shoes that I didn't get. <laughs> I think that'll be changing now. It's in the mail. <laughs> well, a couple of things that we found. Uh, my buddy Fred walked around and found some really cool stuff. This company, KWRE, brought the fire, man. They brought the fury. This is actually a one of these cooler bags. Oh, sweet. Fully but insulated. they also had a solar-powered uh, USB speaker that uh-huh. is really... It seems really well, really robust. 
one of our guys really liked the game change. Uh, this is unique. I mean, game change kind of bro- took a different approach. This is a little beanbag phone holder, you know, uh, that you can put, oh, I like put that. your oh, that phone on. Yeah, 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 just like cool. that. One thing that stuck out to me is I prefer practical yes. stuff, right? Practical yes. stuff. So, uh, and because yeah, we all like sustainability, like <laughs> this thing from Saft, which is a battery company, has a... I mean, it's, I think it's interesting, right, when companies... So it's a little uh, utensil case, right? Yeah. It's, you know, Saft is very utilitarian right. in their gifts. Right. I liked it. Right. I liked it. So Saft, kudos and points to Safter for creating something that's sustainable and... You'll probably uh, be using that for I years will, to come. Because yeah. you go back to your hotel room, you got your yogurt, you got your nuts and stuff like that, and you're that's going, right. oh, how do I get this... <laughs> that's right. And then, all the way down the lobby and then like, the restaurant. The, the, one, yeah. the one, I give the award for like... The thing that most people think they won't use until they show it to their kids. And this is from uh, Aztec Tipsa. Uh, and I think that this is a pizza roller. But for but uh, oh, 50, cutter. 50% yeah. of the time, I see people say, oh, yeah, my kids are going to cut uh, Play-Doh with that. Sure. Oh, right? There we go. So I like this. this is, I think this is a good idea, right? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I tell it from a, from a marketing perspective, I don't understand some of the ways that people market their swag. Like, they'll just put their brand on it. So, like, if I'm going to do this, I would say, like, Aztec tips a, you know, cut through the noise or something like that. Sure, right? yeah. Or, or like, um, like a tagline. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, you know, something, something to do with like a slice of pizza, right? A slice of heaven. Like we make, we make work, we make, uh, we, we, we cut through and make working easy. Something like Get that. Your slice I think of that's where we, we had always talked about <laughs> doing <laughs> one for solar coaster, right? For and of sure. course we it wanted would be a, <clears throat> say it. A coaster, the solar coaster. I love it. Yeah, ah, simple as that. Yeah, yeah, so, but right along the same lines of what you're saying, yeah. You know, and then, solar coaster. <laughs> I, until I had seen your paykeeper shoes, I was convinced that SunGrow's Lark bottle, which retails for like 120 dollars, was the was the best piece of swag that I was gonna get. But pay, paykeeper shoes. Anyway, thanks SunGrow for the Lark bottle. SunGrow bringing clean power to all. I'll say that SunGrow's the premium sponsor, platinum sponsor for Sun SunCast, and um, super grateful for them as well. But guys. As much as I like swag, really what we're talking about is the messaging that gets through the noise here at the show. And I'm curious if you if you all had a oh, hey look, the game change folks are in the in the crowd. Woo-woo! <laughs> nice. Mercedes, thanks for the swag. Is there anything that as you got a chance to talk to folks um, or walk the show floor, the limited that you did, that stuck out to you from a technology perspective? Anything introduced from a press release that you are you can't wait to geek out about? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, when Jay and I literally did, we didn't have much time at all. But right away, we went up today because yeah. we need no, we needed to see what was going on, and we saw the GM booth. Yep. Right. Yep. And they took a, they had a big GM AM, GM GM the Chevrolet. The, they had the Chevy yeah, EV. The, yeah. Silverado. Yeah. yeah. So sexy. Silverado. I mean, but it's they beautiful. they took they took a they did an AR like a like a yeah. four tablet AR table, yeah. and then they had these little hotspots, and in each one they kind of mapped out like the city of the future, the bi-directional city of the future across yeah. the board from public trans to your own, you know, vehicle to, uh, shipping, you name it. They didn't leave any gaps. I mean, yeah. that was really exciting to check out. Not to mention how beautiful that truck is. Jeez Louise. Yeah. yeah. And that interface for the giant phone that they had just takes you through every single feature. Yeah. Super really cool. Yeah. I mean, when, when, since Ty Yeagerson joined, uh, GM, he has really taken their whole V2X team to a new level. So kudos, Ty. You're killing it over at GM. You're bringing the level of uh, professionalism up and helping the automotive industry really figure out their place in, uh, in the home grid, right? Right. I think that's, that's, that's a really important piece to it. Jason, you, have a, you usually take, it, take a very technical look at products. Is there anything that stands out for you as like best of show? 
Like CES style? <laughs> best of, I don't have a best of show. It's so, um, I'm actually really super self-critical. Yeah. And I'm looking at myself on day three and saying, did I achieve what I needed to do here? And my, my answer to myself is kind of no. Yeah. And it's not because of anything I did. We, we achieved so much. But there's just too much here. Yeah. And it's a Ooh. lot to take in. <laughs> so you, usually you feel like you've kind of got yeah. a handle on it, right? Yeah, I think, you understand I think so. it. I mean, there's we, a lot, yeah. And there's, there's a lot there's, of overage. This right, time. right. There's so That's much, so much stuff I just didn't get to see. Um, I mean, we mentioned on day one, the preponderance of actual data companies out here yeah. that are doing software that it's very, very specific, very niche, but, but really, really super key to figuring out exactly what the infrastructure is going to look like, exactly what your installs are going to do, yeah. um, modeling, digital twinning stuff. I mean, everything exists out here. Yeah. And I think I, I haven't seen that volume of digital software companies out there before. So yeah. that, was, that was the big, big takeaway yeah. for me. I think the biggest announcement in that landscape this week was Heliolytics getting acquired by Zeitview. Yes. That was like a bombshell <laughs> announcement. You Didn't, know, I mean, Heliolytics was acquired by Novasource and then now they spun it out and sold it off to Zeitview. And Zeitview, Mark Culpepper said, yeah, we're the Borg, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Will be a, you will be a... <laughs> well, that is, is, is kind of how software works. I yeah, mean, if you've been is. in software, software totally IT, is. I was in IT for 30 years. And, you know, just people just buy everything. <laughs> so, and what it, what it says for me is to, exactly is that we are reaching an accelerated um, M&A curve where our industry is starting to mature to the point where you can't have so many disparate players. Yes. They're, we need consolidation because that consolidation gives us scale and growth and it helps to lessen the amount of confusion for consumers. Well, it's simply the workload yeah. I mean, for, for installers and for um, operators. That's right. You can't do it. Yeah. Anything that, was, that you heard in your interviews that stands out like one-liners or ideas that for you are like you're going to be mulling on or taking back and integrating in as content? Uh, I mean... Phew. So much. <laughs> so How about much. every interview, Nico? <laughs> I mean, there's, um, you know, uh, like we could talk about the some of the things that are happening in the residential microgrid space. There's uh, there's some things there that kind of surprised me. I started to see fuel cell pop up more yeah. often than not, mm -hmm. which I was kind of surprised about. I also saw bidirectionality pop up more than that. I mean, I was looking for that, but we just came off a conversation with that right there. Um, you know, there, all the, I saw a couple of diagrams that kind of mapped it all out. In, in a holistic way where it was like, this was no longer completely outside of the spectrum of what we're talking about. Now it's like, here it is. Yeah. Here's your solar. Here's your inversion. Here's your, um, your, your, your like gateway in a sense of what pulls it all together. And now, now they're working on bi-directionality. They got Jenny integration. They got everything. So that's, the, that's what we were trying to find out. Yeah. We saw a greater understanding of how that works. And the technology is coming like, to kind of the key to fill it all together. Yeah. And on the VDH front, bi-directionality, it's always been kind of coming soon. Well, now we've got real product. I mean, people telling me this, yeah. this is, exists, it's in the real world, it functions, and it's going to be we're on, like, the we're like the on, the on the market product. in a month or two. I was just up at, I mean, like, like everyone, we didn't get a chance to walk around the show as much as we wanted to. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I'm thinking about, because we just lost power for four days in North Carolina, and my wife said to me, when are we getting batteries? Right? You've been in the solar industry for 17 years. So are we going to get solar? And the reason is we don't have good solar access, and she knows that. But the battery thing, she says, do we need her, her, the question that sparked for me, like, my mission here was to try to figure out if I could find the one that I like. Mm. And I'm not going to declare it here because that wouldn't be fair to everyone else. But I found the one that I like. Oh, good. So I may, I may leave some clues. And I, but the, the thing from her was, do we need solar to have batteries? And the answer is no, we don't. 
And even if we don't have a transactive market, even if we don't have incentives in North Carolina today for me to have batteries as a backup and be able to participate in some other sort of value stack, it's starting to make sense to put batteries in the garage for a myriad of reasons. Yeah, I mean, it exists already in other environments. Like in Vermont, Green Mountain Power, they've rolled out uh, certain programs. So they have these kind of little tendrils of the grid you know, inside of these little ski towns that go out like that oh, when yeah. there's inclement weather. And so Green Mountain was like, and my cousin has them. He's got a couple of power walls in his basement. Yeah. I went over and he's like, hey, come check them out. And then they gave them to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. I need it. So I, it, it, there's, a, there's a value case there. Yeah, I need to talk to Lon. We had Lon Huber on the show month, Tuesday morning. He had just spoken with Jigger and uh, they're in, instituting a lot of VPP stuff, right? So a lot of re, um, reorienting the way that consumers pay for energy and are paid for energy. So I'm going to definitely go back and talk to Lon about what Duke is going to do for, I mean, I think Green Mountain and the programs they put together are a case study on why batteries matter on the local grid with or without solar. Well, what I was going to say is I went up and uh, was visiting with AP Systems and I was really impressed with a product that most people think is just a resi product. They introduced last year their commercial, uh, their commercial microinverter, which has four modules per microinverter effectively reduces the number of microinverters by 75%. But they just introduced this week a battery storage uh, module, which is basically an EMS, right? And so they can control with AP systems any battery. And so they had a home grid system uh, demo there. They obviously partner with Yada. Um, they've partnered with Yada for, on, for rooftop storage. But I was really impressed with the ability to, A, um, as opposed to where you see Solar Edge and Enphase and Tygo going with their own proprietary battery systems. Mm. AP, AP System says, no, we want to actually be the installer's friend, right? We want to I've allow them to, they, we, want, we don't yeah. allow them to partner with whoever they want, right? There's, there's a lot, I think there's a, a real case for, for the, that being a very valuable thing rather than, because you have all these disparate ecosystems where they're all duking it out yeah. to be the one, right? right? But then the installer's there and they want to be able to make a, a choice and yeah. say, hey, this company does this very well right. and this company does this very well and they can all play nice yeah. together if we have the software support yeah. and the capacity to integrate them, right? So I've heard that from a couple of different uh, companies out there. I won't mention names, but I mean, yeah. I think they're doing, they're leading in that direction, yeah. which is exciting. I, what what kind of stuck out to me for that as I'm thinking about this for my home is on the app, and I don't think this is unique to AP Systems, but on the app, they have three different power modes where you can have it powering mostly from the sun and the batteries. You can have it powering sort of uh, all, all going to the grid for the, with the batteries as backup. And then you can have it completely off-grid, islanded. Yeah. And he, he was, the guy, Chris, was explaining to me how the, you can switch it in real time. So, mm -hmm. like, you get an alert that, you know, PG&E, that you, you've got you've to turn your power off or whatever. Or, or, in our case, a hurricane's coming. You can switch it to the mode that allows you to. Uh, you can switch it to the mode that allows you to optimize your battery system the way you want it. And again, with whatever battery system you choose, it's not tied into one one architecture. Yeah. Have you seen uh, the span panel? I know it's yeah. not not new, but yeah. I'm actually I'm, I just talked on the industry pulse, and I mentioned I was putting batteries in my home. And I'm going to do it with a span panel. You are. Yeah. I mean. Uh, like I said, I just moved to Florida, and I never really appreciated batteries until I lived in Florida. Totally. Uh, in Pennsylvania, I never lost power. So to me, it was like, what do people need batteries for? Yeah. But as you mentioned, like, you go a day without power, and you're like, all right, 
I'm putting in batteries. Yeah, so. there's a couple yeah. hundred dollars in uh, at least in refrigerator food replacement, right? There. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And with and with the span panel, you know, I just think it's really slick how it works with the it, basically it's your new main panel, it's all digital. So yeah. it's gonna be able to control all the things you're talking about, yep, right? Yep, yep. And um, uh, not I don't even know if there's another really competitive product out there with that. Yeah, but Lumen. Is it, is it Lumen? <laughs> Alex Lumen's and the guys Lumen. Yeah. You know, we actually have the spam out. panel in my place. We've, oh, I mean, yeah. we've gone through a series of outages and then the daily is quite interesting, right? Like how you how you look at your energy consumption and manage that on a daily is one thing and then how you deal with that on a power outage scenario is another thing. But then they're doing really interesting stuff, right? You've got the iDrive, mm. which is a mod, it modulates the actual amount of power, which there's reasons why that would be useful. But then today we talked to them and Maybe they was called power, Media Up or Power Up, what was that thing yeah, called again? Yeah, I don't so this, this thing is throwing me off. This yeah. They got a new fu- functionality, new right? And they've got an HVAC system where they're kind of like toggling loads to meet the needs of the HVAC system in different yeah. scenarios. So there's just a lot of room in there to be innovative. It's, it's deeper right? than that. It's, it's not just on and off and turning off other loads. It's actually talking directly to the air conditioner and modulating right. the yeah. speed of like the very, compressor. Yeah, it's like a variable right. frequency so drive for yeah, your... Exactly, yeah. exactly, right. exactly wow. that. And that's... An, Incredibly intelligent. And I it, asked I asked him once we were off camera, I was like, well, whatever the other appliances are coming real fast. It's like, you see the fridge in the corner? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're bringing to homeowners what commercial buildings have had for years. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's, right. it's remarkable. Um, we, you mentioned Span and um, competitors. Like, if we think about that ecosystem approach, Span has more of the in-phase approach of like, let's build, own, and, and operate an infrastructure that we control. Right. They're going to start introducing, obviously, um, they have ecosystem partners they talk to, but they're introducing a lot of their own products, whereas Lumen has taken the other approach, sort of the AP systems approach, being very installer friendly and being very agnostic to how and why they would connect to one or the other thing. But I mean, there is going to always exist these two dichotomies, right? Mm. Um, And I think it's wonderful. I think it's great to see uh, even more competitors uh, that are coming to market to compete with Span and Lumen. But I think it's also remarkable that in in our daily roundup, what we talked about was essentially the core extension of solar as the, uh, that is the smart home, right? And we mm-hmm. started the entire week off with the folks from SMA making an announcement about SMA span integration. And uh, it was almost like foreshadowing of what, uh, of what, for me, I think stands out at this show is the integration of uh, the whole home and this, just the, the software battery that installers have to think about. Um, from everywhere from proposals all the way through to operating a system. It's What's fun about this is you get to the point, like you remember how we used to say we always go to CES and we yeah. cover all the consumer-related products, right? That's easy to get excited about. Who doesn't like a flying car? Who doesn't right. like you know, all these yeah. other things? But like the, the home, kind of movement towards the whole home is where it gets exciting for the consumer. It's not yeah. just you know like all the installers going geeking out about stuff. Now it's like the consumer gets things that they can actually play with and see the value. I think it's moving towards that C conversation. Yeah, they're definitely going to be touching these directly. I mean, and having control, just like what you're talking about. And I think the way you describe it is you have modes for this and modes for that, like just the situation. Too much control can be a bad thing. And so to make these (laughs) choices simple for the homeowner is actually really, really key. Yeah. Well, guys, we could literally sit here and geek out for the next few hours. Let's do that. Uh, As we, let's do that. (laughs) As we, uh, maybe we go to Topgolf and wrap it up. Oh, yeah, let's do it. And have a, a follow-on conversation. You want to go to Top Golf with us, Nate? I got to catch a flight, catch but a I would flight. love to yeah. otherwise. I mean, so I, what, what I would say is, you know, I, I feel like you need another day because yeah. the show's gotten so big. Um, I think yeah. Jason alluded to that earlier, but I don't think I could survive another day. In Vegas. <laughs> I, so, I can, quite frankly, I can. Care. <laughs> can totally. I definitely cannot. I don't think I could survive I another way. half day. So <laughs> as we round, as we wrap up the last daily roundup, brought to you by Modern Energy. 
how are we want how how do we want to think about next year? We're going back to Anaheim. So reminder, we're going back to Anaheim. Go ahead and book. Oh yeah, pro tip from uh, Daniel Deuce from the Know Before You Go episode. Go ahead and book your hotel. Go ahead and, or reserve it. Go ahead and reserve your your lunches and dinners now. Because <laughs> yeah. there's that abs- is a pro tip. Yeah, it's a super pro tip. Like you can cancel them, but they'll take reservations. But we, what do we want to think about going into Anaheim? And maybe what is your uh, what's your prediction? So this year we ended up talking about uh, the whole home, and we saw some sexy cars. What's the prediction for what's going to dominate the narrative a year from now? Gosh, in that's hard. Anaheim. We're going to have real bi-directional V to H wow. on the market we'll by have, then. We'll have data as well. We'll have we'll real see data. We'll know happens. how it works and how like, works. I guarantee you there's going to be things that shake out that we haven't predicted, mm. and it's going to be really interesting to look well, at that. Well, if Jigger has anything to say about it, you are, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I didn't give you a heads up to think about this question, but let's think on our feet well, here. Well, uh, we, we had a chance to, we caught Abby on the way in yeah. uh, and she had said that she, they were, she was really interested in kind of hearing from everybody about, you know, which direction the show as a whole goes. Are, are there more curated kind of pieces to it? Cause it was so large. And I think that was kind of the, the takeaway. It was like, Whoa, there was so much here. It was hard to capture it all. And it felt kind of like yeah. just, just frenzied it's at moments, you know? So there's, I think there's a dialogue at, you know, at that level of saying, how do we uh, steer the show? And I think we're, there's opportunities to, for feedback over the year to help create the show yeah. with the character that we mm. all want it to be. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a really uh, pertinent question at this time. Yeah. Nate? Yeah, I just think it's, it's wild how big the show's gotten. I mean, I said that last year when I was impressed, and now this year I remember... It, it hadn't even started yet. I think it was Monday. I turned down the hallway, like coming to the convention center. I just went, wow. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, just like, wall to wall people. And it is challenging to go see and do everything yeah, you want. There's plenty of people here that, that I didn't get to see. I, I agree. I think we're going to see more and more, though, uh, batteries and solutions to drive to the whole home, whether that is vehicle to home or, or yeah. whatever that might be. I think that's going to continue and you're going to see more innovation with technology. Like even the, the new power wall that's up top, uh, we we're right. talking earlier about yeah. some cool stuff. I mean, it's pretty nice. It's, you know, got the inverter built in. Uh, it's simple. The new power wall has that's the, the three. Yeah. Right? Wow. The power wall three. Yeah. It's, yeah. They and have it's got it like a really heck of a power kick too. Yeah, it's like, I forget what it is. A 13, it's some huge power, like actual power delivery number. Yeah. When, and when, so when you talk about simplicity, right? It, I mean, that's it. Now you can just have somebody hang that on there and, yeah. and they have their inverters and everything right built in for their system. But yeah, overall, I, I think what I get excited about is the things like the spans of the world and the, yeah. the things that are helping really manage load management because yeah. one of the, a lot of people talked about you know f- future proofing mm-hmm. and that's stuff that we have to think about like yeah. how are we going to charge all these evs and and how does that affect the grid yeah mm. well, fuel cells started showing up this year as well and that's something else i'm yeah looking forward I, to I, seeing shaking out i heard the phrase i heard that the word nuclear and i, I hadn't seen the booth did anybody but see it? was there actually a nuclear booth there because someone booth, told no. it no. I'm, <laughs> I'm not surprised yeah yeah um, but um, I mean, I, I guarantee you, there's folks here from the industry. Yeah, nuclear. Yeah, gonna, I'm, oh gonna, for sure. Here. Um, I, I wish there was a booth. I mean, it would be an interesting kind of juxtaposition, and well, conversations we'll, would be. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, that could actually booths. be the answer to your question. <laughs> that could be. That we yeah. see that integration. Yeah, we'll see yeah. Nuclear integration. Wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. So the the bold prediction uh, is that we'll actually somehow find it in our hearts to embrace the nuclear community as a part of the RE plus, and uh, that will be the expansion in Anaheim. I think that uh, Jigger Shaw, uh, as he said in his session yesterday morning, is clearly driving a narrative that we're no longer in the solar industry, mm-hmm. that this is the VPP industry. 
And so as a result, we now, we've got a clear signal from the U.S. government that they're going to be pouring money into turning homes into power plants. Mm-hmm. And I would bet that the key narrative next year is something around how do we help homeowners get on board with this, right? Because we'll be a year into the DOE pumping money in and we'll be at the point where we need to, you know, they've got a deploy conference next week. But I would posit that we will be, we're a year from really deploying this idea to the market. We have to seed the idea right now in the industry by simply saying, you're no longer in the solar industry, you're in the VPP industry. So what will it look like a year from now? And how will technology from companies like Span and Aurora and Game Change modify their language and even their product mix to address how homeowners can integrate and be a part of this this power and economy. Yeah, I mean, I think you're already seeing that in some respect, and that's that's why we're all talking about you know this whole home kind yeah. of thing and how we're gonna VPPs, how are we gonna manage load, future proofing. It's it's kind of a two things that I think need to happen, and then yeah. they are happening. And one that we talked about earlier is like electricity rates have risen faster than really any time in history. I mean, just in my area, it's wild. Uh, in both states that I've lived in in the last three years, electric rates have doubled, yeah. right? So consumers are feeling pain. So the other thing is we hear and you see more power outages um, depending on where you're at. You've been reading a lot about the heat in Texas, for instance. And that's, those are both big pain points for consumers. Yeah. So whoever makes it simple for them, right, in, in a full circle to a lot of the technology we just talked about, those are the ones that are going to, win and control that narrative going forward and start winning the home. I think a great segue there is for RE Plus Hawaii, January 22nd and 23rd. If you want to see this whole home fully deployed and actual data sets of what it looks like, you got to come to the uh, postcard from the future, right, which is Hawaii, uh, about a, that, a great opportunity to learn all about that from all the major players that are deploying those things right now, you know. Spans are out there, uh, you know, loads of battery, battery attachment rates, 80, 90%. We 90. have like 43 cents a kilowatt hour residential energy. Yep. And then, you know, who knows what's going to happen with all the things that have been going on out there with natural disasters in rates. So please come to RE Plus Hawaii yes. and check it out there. In January. Yeah. Good timing, eh? Yeah. Nathan, any last word, something that you would like to ask our audience to do for you? No, I don't, I don't have anything. I mean, if you want to hear more from me, you can always find me on LinkedIn. Obviously, I have my short podcast. It usually comes out on Mondays called Limitless. Go check it out. It's re- Most people consume it on, on LinkedIn, but it's available on Spotify and everywhere else. I just really appreciate it. I love the energy that this brings and just having this here and the location here. Uh, it's, it's been so much fun. I really appreciate it, Nico. And, uh, you know, thank all the sponsors and uh, Solus sponsored yeah. Um, the industry pulse. So I'm appreciative of that. And just giving us a forum to talk with people. And yep. like you said, you don't have time to go to every booth. So yeah, you, awesome. where else are you going to learn? Yeah. And this is it. And that's what I love about it. So yeah. thank you for having me. Jason, last words. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to the RE plus events folks. I yes. mean, they really busted their butt this year. And I think, I mean, they got Man. well over their expected attendance yeah uh and last nothing, i heard nothing, was 41,000. Yeah, 41 i think it actually posted a 42 yeah. Golly. <laughs> wow. but um just i mean nothing catastrophic happened yeah <laughs> it's uh an old roadie thing you know nobody mm. died we had a good show um no but they it was stellar i've heard nobody who had comes away with this with a bad with a yeah. bad feeling well I'll echo exactly what you just said jason huge thank you and shout out to tim morris and leslie fondren and katie croy 
and Tony and the whole RE Plus sales team, the, everyone came together this year when it was like drinking from a fire hydrant. So much interest in the show that they had to expand into four different venues. Um, and I mean, we talked yesterday about how the show is commanding respect in Vegas as one of the bigger shows in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And um, I also want to, I'd be remiss, remiss if I didn't for sure mention the unsung heroes that make the Power Up Live stage happen. Kyle Christensen has been uh, manning the booth, helping make sure everything gets done. Jeremy Pingle and Graham uh, Whitley have been helping coordinate from the very beginning to make sure this thing comes to life and our real life team back in the back keeping the video going and Herman Chalet on production making sure that all of this gets recorded and delivered to all of you thank you and all. that our audio is clean and crisp most of the time and I'd also like to give a shout out to Chris our editor who made somehow a live production sound like an in-studio performance on the podcasts that we've published the last two days it's remarkable um, thanks to all the folks that have watched us live on suncast.live or out in the foyer on the Jumbotrons. And most of all, those of you who took the time out of your busy schedule to sit on our comfy cubes and charge your phones, eat your meals, and enjoy time with us. We're so grateful. We really do. Really, we put this on so that you have a place to call home and come back to. Remember, next year, look for the Power Up Live, uh, Power Up Live stage. And you can call it home, set your meetings here, set your time here, and come enjoy it with us. We'll see you next year in Anaheim. I hope that you enjoyed both of those as replays. Of course, they happened yesterday. And stay tuned. we got so much more coming live from Booth 21020 on the Level 1 of the Sands Expo Hall, live at RE Plus 2023 here in Las Vegas. If you are in town do swing by. We've got so much great programming. And if you are listening remotely, you can tune in as well. Go to suncast.live. Suncast.live is your home for watching throughout the day, whether you're walking the show floor, taking a break, or hanging out halfway around the world. Tune in and enjoy. Leave us some feedback. Follow us on LinkedIn as we're posting throughout the day and week. And we'll see you back here for the next show. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks for showing up again, Solar Warriors. It's half the battle.